You're listening to Nurses on Fire, the podcast for nurses by nurses aspiring to financial independence. This is our weekly conversations with the CFP edition, where certified financial planners join us to have honest money conversations that guide nurses like you on their path to financial freedom. If you want to get your questions answered, make sure you head over to nursesonfirepodcast.com slash ask to be featured in an upcoming episode. Have you started on your journey towards financial independence or want to do better with your money and don't know where to start? Well, this training is for you. I encourage you to head over to financiallyintentional.com live to sign up for our next free masterclass where I'll teach you the techniques I've used and taught my clients to master money and build wealth. During this free training, you'll learn the most powerful weapon you have at your disposal to launch into financial freedom. The budgeting method that will free up thousands of dollars a month to achieve your financial goals. The common mistakes to avoid while paying off debt and how to rapidly slay debt. You don't want to miss this. So head over to financiallyintentional.com live or click the button in the show notes to register for our next free masterclass. All right, Nurses on Fire, we are back with our certified financial planner, Lisa Peterson, and we're back today, and I am a little heated right now, and I'll tell you why. So we talked about lending discrimination a couple episodes back and briefly mentioned that I was going through the process and felt it, but I want to do a little bit deeper dive in this episode and talk more about the specifics of what's going on and how this can help you so that when you're buying a home, you won't be a victim of these things. So let my testimony save you from from being screwed by predatory lending that's still going on. And so mortgage discrimination is real and prevalent thing. It's technically illegal, but it's still happening right now. So it was banned in what, 1968 by the fair housing (laughs) laws that were put in place as part of like the civil rights movement, but they still find ways. Like all the predatory lending that was happening that affected predominantly people of color in the last great recession, like, but it's it's still happening, even though people will tell you that there's no way that they can discriminate against you because, oh, it's just based off of your credit score and your down payment. So, hey, Lisa, (laughs) first of all. Hey. (laughs) Obviously, obviously I'm like talking too much because I'm like, all the way heated, but <laughs> you know, this happens in life. People, people know, and they can relate to you because we have all been in this position where we feel a sense of oppression and yet we really struggle with knowing what to do with it. And I feel like that's part of this conversation. Yeah. And I think just the most important part, and we talked about it last time, but like knowing and having that feeling like you're not being treated fairly, but not having the words or the context to explain it, but just thinking that 
maybe you're tripping or maybe you don't want to speak up and be the B-I-T-C-H or looked at as that angry person because you're speaking up and you kind of just like accept it. It is what it is. Like a lot of times, I mean, and this is just in general, like, and, and we've talked about this, Lisa, like with all the stuff that's kind of happening with police brutality, with the things that go on just in our community that are oppressive, we kind of just suck it up and say, you know what, this is the black tax. Like it is what it is. And we kind of keep on going and like, it gets to a point where enough is enough. And I think that, you know, right now as a country, like we've kind of came to that conclusion, like collectively. And uh, yeah. And, And for me, it just got to a point where, I'm there because it's happened to me over and over again. And I was even sharing with you when I was some secret, no big secret, I'm working on a book. And so one of the chapters, um, the sections I was talking about in the book pointed to Linda discrimination. So of course I had to go back and do some research and like make sure I had my dates right about, you know, (laughs) when laws were enacted and all this kind of stuff. And I'm reading through like, what counts as lending discrimination and I just keep on getting hit over and over about examples that have happened to me like in this present situation and in the past where these things are indications of discrimination and I'm tired but now I'm just like pissed off but at the same time I'm just like this is information that I think you guys like need to know. You need to know what the signs are and you need to know proactively the questions to ask, but also who to report these instances to so that it stops happening. And so that's what we want to talk about today. Well, when you first bought your house, I imagine there was something that was offered up as you were negotiating. It's a brand new home. You were working with the builder to come up with your deal and they put an offer before you that was to incentivize you to work with their lender versus any lender that you choose. And they cannot restrict that anyway. So they used money to encourage you. Let's just use that. Like we're going to give you $10,000 and that's going to, you know, help you out if you work with our lender. Is that, did I get that right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, when I'm presented the deal, they're just like, oh, there's like these bonuses and these bonuses. And if you go through Pulte Mortgage, you'll get this $10,000 builder credit that comes along with it. And so I'm like, yeah, I already have a, a lender that I work with and that I'm very comfortable with. But I was just like, oh, it's a no brainer that I would go through them because I mean, like if they're offering the best rates, like plus I get this $10,000, like that just makes sense. So it doesn't even make sense. And it's supposed to be a super streamlined process. So it just makes sense for me to go through them. But it hasn't, it wasn't a streamlined process. It was actually a very grueling process where, you know, and, and not saying that 
going through any kind of process wasn't isn't grueling. <laughs> you know, you're disclosing all kind of financial information. They're asking you for this. They're asking you for line items in your bank statement. Like, where did this money come from? I mean, they want to make sure that is no kind of fraud on your end that's coming through. And they want to make sure that you can ultimately afford the mortgage. So they're doing their due diligence. But when they're not responding in a timely fashion, they're dragging their feet through this mortgage process and they're blaming it on external factors. So I've purchased this house in May. It's now the end of July and I have yet to get an approval. I questioned it internally. I went and said, you know, after they kept on asking me for documents, which I didn't feel like was relevant and they pulled my conditional approval on my loan. I actually went into them and I asked to speak to a compliance officer with the lens for diversity and inclusion and talk to her about the process. And she even recommended that, you know, like I look outside and see if I can get competitive rates. And so I did, I reached out to the lender who I usually work with. And not only did she give me a rate that was almost a whole percentage point cheaper, she was able to get me approved, totally approved for the loan in a week when these people have been dragging their feet with all the same documentation with all the same transactions in my bank account i was able to get approved at a lower rate knowing that when using an outside lender i would lose that ten thousand dollar credit so i went back to the builder's mortgage company and i said you know this is the rate that i got here's the truth the lending statement here are all the fees and they were like, yeah, we can match that. And then they went ahead and matched the rate, but with a buy down or they put points on my mortgage, um, points on, on, what is it called? The origination fees on there. So that at closing, I would have to bring $10,000. So it looked like they were presenting this apples to apples picture because they're saying, well, you know, if you go through us, then you'll get this $10,000 incentive. But no, it's not. It's what you said, Lisa, and there's a perfect word for it. It's extortion because it's making you take this loan, which outside, as if you take out of this, take it out of this context, it wouldn't make sense, <laughs> right? If you're comparing. Right, because they moved the money. They, they said, we're going to give you $10,000 as an incentive in, let's say, closing costs. But in reality, they weren't giving you anything. That's what's coming out through the process. They literally will like saying, well, in reality, to get a comparable rate out of our system, it would cost you $10,000, which basically means that the money that they offered you isn't even for real. It just disappeared overnight. And, and one of the things I think that we're learning through this process, there's actually several things. Is it okay if I just share a couple things that I picked up from what you described? So number one is, is this was a good lesson for both of us to say that when we go into an arrangement and somebody's offering a financial incentive, especially in a home buying situation where they're wanting you to use their lender, the question now in retrospect would be, where is that money coming from? And is it just being moved over and I'm being charged more for the rate? And, and it really doesn't exist. Like just asking the question, like, where does that money come from? Who's paying it? 
And how do I make sure that that's really, really going to be money that I am receiving? Because that's how you interpreted it, correct? Like it's $10,000 to me and there's not going to be any cost. I'm not going to get a, they didn't say we're going to give you $10,000 and you're going to have a higher rate. I'm just making sure everybody's listening and hearing this, right? They didn't say that. They said, you're going to get a comparable rate and you're going to get $10,000. But now the story has changed. So that's one thing. The other thing I just want to mention, and we did not talk about this, but you're, you're probably not going to love this, but I'm going to still say it anyways. We talked about the subjectivity in the pricing in our last episode, right? That, that there's this wiggle room where people can charge more if they think that you'll pay more, right? The wiggle room and the pricing. Unfortunately, the whole entire mortgage underwriting process is incredibly subjective two. Meaning they can ask one person for a document and not have to ask another person for that same document. And I think this is the part where it's so freaking subjective that you won't know if somebody's like, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt because you're a doctor and maybe have white skin and whatever. Or I'm going to ask for more documentation from you because this is what you look like or this is what your profession is or whatever it is. Like they have that discrimination in every single loan. So I think I'm just sharing this because I didn't say it before, but I just want to be clear. There is incredible subjectivity. And because I know so much when I go in to negotiate a mortgage, I call them out on everything. So like the question I said, you know, where's that money coming from? And how is this going to affect me? And why are you charging these fees? And like all that is one part of it. But the other part is, is I need you to explain why you need that documentation and why it's so necessary. And then they've got to, there's no reason why you can't ask those questions. So I'm not sure if this is helpful at all, but I just... But I did. And I, I did ask that question. And that was part of that first like chain of emails that I sent out before I even shopped around. It was like, why are you asking me for this? I think that this is unnecessary information. I provided voluntarily provided X, Y, and Z information and these documents. Why are you still asking me for more? And then they went back and retracted and said, oh, yeah, we don't need these documents. And so I, I do know that. Yeah. Yeah, I do know that. And and I know that because now I've been through two different processes with underwriters. And I know that there's certain things one person will ask for that another person won't. And so, yeah, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I mean... I hate talking about this stuff, quite frankly, but I also feel like what we're trying to do in our conversations is bring to light that the importance of maybe trusting. And I know one thing you shared before we got on the call was it's hard to be doing this. It's exhausting and frustrating. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, you were just, I don't know where you'll cut it, but I'll just say, you were just saying that it's frustrating to always feel like you have to be on guard, like, like asking all these questions and, you know, hopefully it won't always be this way. But I think that as a woman, you know, as a person of color, I mean, I think we just owe it to ourselves 
to be really educated about this process when we go through it, you know, so that maybe it's easier and you, and you end up getting the best deal that you possibly can. Cause that's all we're, we're wanting people to have a streamline of process as possible. And then also getting a great rate. Right. Because like I was saying, access to affordable lending is super important for wealth building, especially if we have to depend on financing, which a lot of people who are just coming into even the ability to just step outside of poverty have to depend on. We're not getting passed down inheritances. We're not given money in the back end for down payments. I mean, so a lot of our wealth has to come from leverage and using, you know, our good incomes and our good credit because we finally got there to be able to get affordable financing. And and that's super important. And other people's ability to get affordable financing is what helped them build wealth and be able to pass down a legacy to their family. But yeah, it's being denied to so many people of color. And so, I mean, like to highlight this again is not to get people upset, (laughs) as upset as me and riled up, but I'm only upset because like, it's frustrating to me that I only know this because now I'm so ingrained in this personal finance space that I'm actually paying attention. But my avatar, my audience does not know this. And so I'm mad for them. You know, I'm mad for the people that continuously get taken advantage of over and over again. And we'll continue unless we step up and we actually do something about it. And so let's talk about the ways that we can do something about it again. <laughs> yes. And, and so Lisa, so on the pro, uh, preventative side, on the proactive side, before you even get into these deals, what kind of questions should you be asking? Well, I think that the big one that we explored is the importance of when you decide you're going to buy a house, you need a mortgage. First of all, I like getting pre-approved before you even go out to look for a home. So you got to be careful because you've got a 30 day window in which to pull multiple credit reports and shop around, but there's huge merit in already having a letter. And we used to tell people this, if you're going to buy a house, do that work beforehand. So when you go in to make your offer, it's already clear that you have a conditional approval based on, you know, a certain amount and so forth that makes your offers more attractive. You've already got a relationship and you've got a baseline. Then after you get something in contract, then you can go out and again, that's when you do your your shopping. You're like, I'm ready to lock it in. You're going to ask all your questions. You're going to compare your truth and lendings next to each other. You're going to make sure that there's no funny business, right? If something's weird, you're going to call people out on it and say, I don't understand this. And that is like the best thing you can say to financial people is I don't understand this, but I need you to walk me through line item by line item, why these things are being charged. And then you become empowered. I think just, I'm just saying this out loud, like you don't become disempowered by asking that question. You actually show them that you're not going to let anything cross 
past you without diligence. And it's setting a tone for how you want that person to think of you, that nothing is going to pass you by. Does that help? Yes, definitely. Definitely. And yeah, I think that's the one part that I didn't do. And usually I do, but I wasn't really expecting to buy a house. But yeah, I mean, like I should have, you know, came there with a pre-approval, which I could have easily gotten. But like I said, they make the offer so enticing. It's like, why would you? And, you know, that's like new housing, you know, like when people go to new housing and they're just like, yeah, I can afford this. Like, that's totally the lure. And so it's not the lender's fault, you know, like they're just presenting a product for you to buy and they know how to sell it in a way that, you know, it's kind of irresistible. So (laughs) that's marketing. That's good advertising, you know? Yeah. And I just want to say, you know, hence why I left the industry. There's just a lot of not good stuff going on out there. Like this whole switching and saying, we're going to give you 10,000 and then it goes away. Like that is par for the industry. Like this is why we have to approach it with buyer beware. And this applies to no matter who you are, this is going on for everybody. Okay. This is why we talk so much about empowerment. Yes. Yes. And then, yeah, in the back end, I just want to leave you with some tools. So if at any point you feel like lending discrimination is going on, your resources will be to contact your state attorney general office, and they might have some extra laws, some equal opportunity laws in place and be able to advise you on your rights. That's number one. Number two, file a complaint against the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Get a third party I looking at that. And they also have just like a collection of discrimination claims already out there in advance. You want to look and see, has this mortgage company already had some complaints out? And then you're also able to reach out to the how to HUD or Fair Housing and Equal Opportunity, their Fair Housing and Equal Opportunity office to file a complaint as well. If you fall under like HUD guidelines. So those are the resources that even if you're like questioning, is this discrimination or is it, if it isn't, I think that this isn't going to change unless you actually file against these people and and you take it seriously because it would be easy for me to be like, you know what, this is just easier. I'll just, you know, go with this rate, which I know I might've done, you know, but, you know, a couple years ago, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to sit down. And, you know, if it comes to the, the point where I have to get a lawyer involved, that's what I'll do because I'm not scared and it'll make for a good story anyway. (laughs) (laughs) You're good at taking your own life and sharing it with all of us. So thank you because you guys, if somebody doesn't do it, then nobody knows. Exactly. All right. You know, a lot of people go through it and they don't talk about it. And so it keeps on happening over and over. And my whole goal is just to prevent people from making the same mistakes that I do so that they can um, accelerate to a path to financial freedom even 
faster than I can. And, you know, I don't mind being the guinea pig. Like, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> I feel like that's my karma. That's my destiny to serve other people, to use my story as a testimony so that people can live better lives and know what rights that they have. Because I feel like, you know, we've been disempowered for so long. I mean, as women, as people of color, just in general, it's time to turn things around. And so whatever little thing that I can do, any little thing that can happens in my life that can help just even one person, I'm always down to share a story and also just share actionable like items that you can do, things that you can do in order to make sure that it doesn't happen to you. Like not just talk about you know, the subjective, like really give you things, tools that you can use to benefit you. So that's come about, Lisa. <laughs> yeah. So beautiful. It's so beautiful. And you're so inspiring. And I mean, I do, I am sorry that it's been as difficult. And I know that if anyone could take your experiences and help other people through it, you, you're you're the one and you're really, really good at spreading the word. So thank you. You've always touched my heart and, and you show me things that, you know, I just, I, I didn't quite realize. And, and I'm really appreciative of that because I feel like I become a better person learning about it from you. Oh, thanks, Lisa. <laughs> thanks for being an ally. Like always, always. Like I appreciate you. Thanks. hope that you've enjoyed the episode and that you've learned something new to set you on your path to financial independence. If you love this episode, please share, subscribe, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want us to go over your financial situation or have your questions answered, head on over to Nurses on Fire podcast slash ask and have us do an analysis of your individual financial situation. And don't worry, we'll keep you anonymous. Thank you for listening to my mommy's podcast. But don't forget to subscribe. Bye-bye.